Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. Yeah. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. <laughs> you like apples? Welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We got the crew back in the fold. LJ's got to join I us need here. a dime. Here. That's top of the line. <laughs> here we go. By the way. Pretty face, you, little waist. <laughs> if you're wondering why we are reciting some rap players here, if you missed last week's episode, it did get posted a little late. We had some... Uh, some issues and some errors that happened. It's all we're, we're sorry about it, but it got issue, it got posted on Monday morning, and there is a lot of football nuggets, and some of it just may wisdom. be outdated, but some of it may just show you how smart we really are. We I swear, there is a moment in last week's podcast where you're going to hear Kevin say something. You'll be like, "God, I wish he was a coach in the NFL right now because that could have yeah. made a difference." And <laughs> was it, I think it might have, and also I think last week Uncle Tony might have looked into his crystal ball and told you who the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins will be. Well, you certainly heard it here first if it happens, yeah. So, <laughs> unfortunately, then, you didn't hear it, but uh, <laughs> you would have heard it. You would have heard it here first. <laughs> so, if, if you didn't hear last week's pod, there's some interesting stuff in the football-wise, and we had a little fun towards the beginning where we discussed uh, Dom. So, we'll, we'll just put it that way. So, yeah, check it out. Um, guys, we, we have started off the pod here recently with fun facts, and I have another one for you. This one is sports related and it is baseball. Okay. Some, I've heard from a few people that we don't do enough baseball, you know, the world's here, the, the fall classics going on. So yeah. I thought, well, well, hell, we'll just start off with some baseball because the New York Yankees now yeah. have gone a decade without a trip to the world series. Yeah. And this is the first time this has happened in 100 years. So the first wow. time since the 1910s that the wow. Yankees haven't made the World Series. And since that's anytime you can bring up 1910 baseball, I think you have to go look back at a box score and you have to yep. go look back at names because it's just it's just fun to do. And so the 1910 World Series was the Philadelphia Athletics and the Chicago Cubs. A few of the names in that World Series. Here's some names from the A's. We had Home Run Baker. That is literally his first name, Home Run. So Baker. it's not like first name Home, second name Run. It's just Home Run. Well, it's, what, two, it's, like, it's, it's two words. So I'm kind of thinking it's like John David, you know, Home Run Baker. So it's, home but it's not like it's not run. like Tyler Home Run Baker. It's Home Run Baker. That, that is correct. It's Home Run Baker, and fittingly, Mister Home Run had two home runs. In <laughs> well, the, there you go. In the World Series, and then we That's also a lot have, of pressure on a kid, but you know, yeah. Mm. We also have my man Chief Bender. Uh, we got Topsy Hartzell, Amos Amos Strunk, Strunk, and then we go over to the Chicago Cubs team. We got Ginger Beaumont, 
Mordecai Brown. Let me tell you something about Mordecai Brown. That boy was trouble when he got on the mound. <laughs> he was trouble. <laughs> when, he, when he got on the bump, I'm just looking at it. That boy was trouble, and he pitched a lot, too. He, pit, he started well, three different games in that five-game series. And I'll so tell you, Mordecai, I actually know a little bit about Mordecai Brown. I believe they call him Three Finger Brown. Uh, because I think he had three fingers on his pitching hand. Like, honest to God. Wait, 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 wait. Let me look it up to confirm. Let me, let me confirm. So you're me telling confirm. me Mordecai Brown, who allegedly had three fingers, started three times in a five-game series. That's what you're telling that, me. I, I, I'm telling you the three times is correct. I don't know one for t- sure. One time for each finger. Uh, yeah, he was known as Three Finger Brown, Mort, uh, Three Finger um, – <laughs> Minor for some reason. No, I know this because uh, Andrew used to work at a restaurant outside of Wrigley called Mordecai's. So um, wow, yeah. wow, <laughs> that that makes sense. We are talking about the Chicago Cubs. Okay, that, that that that's what you get here. You just get fun facts. <laughs> so a few other names from the Chicago Cubs team. We got uh, Orville Overall, Orville <laughs> Overall, Jack Feister. That's PF. So there's a silent P at the beginning of that. <laughs> and rounding things out. My main man, Heine Zimmerman. He's rounding out the, the fun Heine names. Zimmerman. Heine so Zimmerman. I guess did his friends call what? him ass? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know what his friends called him. So if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, last week we talked about what Supreme Court justices may be the best basketball players. And today we're talking about three-finger Mordecai Brown. So you never know what you're going to get when you join in on the Just Press Play podcast. True that. Um, That's facts. Speaking of... Speaking of baseball, so the World Series is going on right now. And if you're looking to get in on some betting for right. baseball or NFL or NHL just started up, NBA literally just started up just started. on Tuesday. So I don't know about you guys, but I, sometimes I'm not a huge baseball fan. Some of these playoffs games are more fun to watch. But you know what makes it even more fun to watch? When I got a little, when I got, got a little, little juice on, on it, when you got a little juice yeah, on it, all right, little, all right. When I'm throwing a little right. juice on it, it just makes everything more fun to watch. And sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup. Sometimes I'm just betting on my team because of my team. Actually, lately I've been doing this thing where I just bet for Arkansas to not cover, and it's worked out really well for <laughs> yeah, me so I far. Bet it has. Uh, so if you're the kind of guy or gal who likes to, to bet a little and win a lot, you can try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, just parlay them together and you can get a big old win out of it, a big old payout. <laughs> so if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than mybookie. But whether it's football, MLB, NBA, NHL, it's time to get on the sideline and get in on the action. Hey, Kev. And if you were – yeah. What if I deposited some money with my bookie? Is there anything? What happens if I deposit like a little money with him? Well, well besides winning, interestingly, if, you, if I bet it, besides you know, getting paid, if you win, besides besides just just betting that that cash and winning some big money. Right now, there's actually something interesting you can do, pops. If you deposit right now over at my bookie, right. they are doubling your first deposit. Get out of town! Are you serious? Get Two. Not- Two times. Dead serious. Two times. Two times. Two two times. (laughs) It's it's like you've been down. You saw that $10 bill on the ground. You went down to pick it up. And as soon as you picked it up, you realized another 10 was sitting right underneath it. (laughs) They are doubling your first deposit. If you go over to mybookie.ag, all you got to do is put the promo code. And they're not doing this for everybody, by the way. This isn't just any Joe Blow go on to mybookie.ag. They don't get this double. You need to be a Jess Press Play Mm. listener. And you need to put in the promo code CHAIR to activate that offer. That's the promo code 
chair, C-H-A-I-R, when you visit mybookie.ag. Get off the sideline. Get into the action. You win. You play. You get you know, paid. paid. I think it's I've got a question for you. I've got a gambling question real quick. I've been seeing, so Ben Simmons, his over-under for three-pointers made this year 16.5. You got to take the under, right? I know he hit one in well, preseason. Yeah. You, to, some, to someone who's not, to, maybe doesn't understand, that seems like a low number, especially for a star NBA player. But Ben Simmons has made so far zero in his career. In his career. Right. <laughs> I believe he's only shot, I think, in, in regular season games, I think he's only shot one and it was a full court shot at the end of the buzzer. The man doesn't shoot threes. LJ, I think you're <laughs> onto something. This, we have sharps on this pod. I didn't realize I'm just was, saying. I'm sitting here with some sharps. Man. Not sharks at all. Yeah. All right. Sharps. I want to get into. I thought it was sharps. I thought that's what we decided. Sharps, yeah, sharps. Decided, like, decided you with a P. Yeah, okay, okay. I thought you were correcting yeah, me. Yeah. I was like, I think we've done this before on the bot. We, it's we, a no, sharp. No, no, I yeah. was. Yeah, I was trying to acknowledge how smart you were. I was trying to tell to the world that you nailed it. I can well, see, see why you've been confused. Thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I don't. This that doesn't happen all that often. So that's why I was a little bit, a little bit befuddled there. Um, all right. I want to get into some NFL notes and let's right. just start it off. Did you guys realize the Patriots have traded for the best quarterback in NFL history? We thought we thought that was Tom Brady, but that is one Mohamed Sanu. My man, <laughs> if you remember, he does a few wide receiver passes. On his career, he has a passer rating of 158.3, which wow. would be perfect. perfect. Wow. What a number. And I know. If you're someone out there who's wondering why the hell is the perfect pass rating 158.3, stick around because my, my boy LJ, <laughs> my boy LJ's got some notes for you coming up. He gonna drop some but, knowledge uh, on you, boys. Gonna, I, I might he's have gonna to. Teach, yeah, he's gonna teach us a little bit. All right, let's do. We've started this out a little bit. We got another weeks in the books in the NFL. So pops, I'm gonna go straight over to you. Yep. What is something you woke up Tuesday morning? What were you like, man? The biggest takeaway from the past week in the NFL season? Well, because of the fact that I actually attended the Cowboys-Philadelphia oh, Eagles game. I, I, I'm burying the lead. I'm burying I'm, the lead. I, yeah, I, I, Pops was there I, in I was detail. actually there, and uh, I guess I came away that the Cowboys can be really good. And I will tell you this, yeah. that currently there is only one team that is in the top five in NFL in both total offense and total defense. That team would be anybody? The Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys? Cowboys. That's right. <laughs> it would be the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm trying to think anything uh, weird that I noticed. I noticed that. You know, I bet it was a shock to people that the first NFL note we really got to when we talked about this past week was the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys win over the Philadelphia. The now, the now NFC East leading Dallas Cowboys. This is true. And and I'll tell you, probably the biggest uh, impact that it made on me is I went and bought uh, my friend Dino, who who actually had the tickets. Shout, to, out, shout to out to my boy Dino. Dino. Took me to the game. Bought Odino a drink. Bought a margarita and then a water Anybody want to guess how much one mixed drink, one margarita, and one water cost? I'm going to go, if, if the over-under is similar to Ben Simmons' three-point uh, shots made, <laughs> I'm going to go over. I'm going to guess like $24. Okay, 24. I think that's an awesome metric. Yeah, 16.5. Yeah, it, it's Whoa. definitely over 16.5. <laughs> Let's try $34. $34. <laughs> 
for one big drink, one margarita, and one water. So do you know how many more drinks I had? Nada. Zero. That was it. That's all <laughs> Thank I you, had. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> that, was the last one. that was first that was and last call. First and last call. Dino said he wanted another drink. said, sorry. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you, you probably like, well, the line's right up there if you'd like to go it's get right it. right there, buddy. So, I, and I didn't. So, obviously, going to a game, one thing you miss is you don't get to watch a lot of football. So, I really didn't get to watch a lot of football. I watched Monday night. So New England, this just in, got a good defense. Uh, I heard pretty Shocker. decent offense, but so the Dallas Cowboys look pretty damn legit Sunday night. That was my big takeaway from. Hey, speaking of the Patriots defense, uh, the the checkdown on Twitter, who they're really good about, they put out highlights and stuff throughout Sunday, like little clips and plays. They also put out a little fun fact: if you uh, if the Patriots offense never took the field this year, and you just went off how much their defense has scored in games they played, they'd be three, three and one right now. Wow. So that, that, that I think you're onto something there, dad. I don't know if anyone else, you probably never heard this. If you're listening right now, you haven't heard this anywhere else. You listen to NFL stuff. Patriots defense. Pretty good. Pretty good. Decent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, LJ, what, what did you take away from, from this past week? And if, I don't know if you want to touch on Thursday night. You might just want, I don't know if you even remember that. I happened. just uh, wanted to say that I hate watching football. Um, <laughs> it's just not fun. I don't know anybody does it. Your team always loses. Um, just when you start if, thinking if, they're good. If your quarterback's Joe Flacco, then yes, that, that, look, that. can I throw out? I I've never seen a quarterback give up that quickly. I mean, it was still in the second half and he was throwing check downs to the out of bounds, uh, uh, guy <laughs> instead of trying to like fit a pass anywhere in the fourth quarter. And they were only down by like <laughs> 14 points, you know, like, uh, for most of the game, they were down by like almost nothing. And he was just like, I don't know, throwing it out of bounds on every play. I understand he got the tar beat out of him by that defensive line, but man, he gave up. Yeah, quick, I, and that I was don't hard wanna, to watch. I, I don't want to. The great Bill Parcells used to have a quote where he said, I've read this before, where he said that you don't kill it. You don't kick a dead dog. And I don't want to. I don't want to keep beating you while you're down. LG, but yeah, the Broncos, they, they won two games in a row. They really. All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes goes down. We might talk about that in a second. But Mahomes goes down. The Chargers don't look great at all. The Broncos get that win. They're kind of right in the thick of things yep. in that yep. division somehow. And that this is the same team that we talked about. Like We were crossing them off the list of playoffs. And now yep. they're right back in the thick of things. And you're right. They just looked like they were done. They gave up. Like, towards the end of the second quarter, Didn't they care. were done. And Didn't care. I think when you're when you're players on that roster and you see if if you if you think your quarterback's done and you think he's kind of you don't feel like you can win I think you start losing now that defense doesn't play as hard now that line yeah. I mean everybody it just has shockwaves that go through the whole team yep. I think you saw that on Thursday night yep. 100% um we talked about I think we've mentioned this before I know we did through a group message at times but Patrick Mahomes and how he may or may not be Superman and it looked like we may have saw Superman go down but I read today that Adam Schefter said this is as of Wednesday night that Patrick Mahomes was back at practice today Throwing. he threw he threw for the Chiefs yep so wow. I'm not saying he is Superman, but have we ever seen the two in the same room? Because that is like <laughs> Thursday night, we were worried that he might miss the season with that dislocated wow. kneecap. And now it looks like they're saying a few weeks. I, surely they're going to re- rest the guy. I mean, I would think no reason to bring him back this week or next week. I would say rest him three weeks until that bye week yeah. and get him four solid weeks. Because yeah. it looks like they're not going to – now they might not get the home field advantage they want, but at this point I think a healthy Patrick Mahomes is better than home field advantage. Mm, I agree and 100%. Or the AFC West doesn't seem like it's going to be too hard to win for them. Uh, yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be too competitive at this point. I mean, it's the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West outside of them, so I think they're okay. Boy, and the Chargers are yeah, sucking and, lately, so geez. Yeah. And we might get on to that. I, 
some so my one of my takeaways was I think the the AFC we kind of mentioned we talked about the pa- the Patriots and we talked now now the Chiefs with uh, I I think they will be scary when Mahomes is healthy yeah. but the AFC is the Pats and and everyone else it's right. the Patriots mm-hmm. in the field I think the Colts are good the Ravens are going to be a tough out and I wouldn't want to play Deshaun Watson in a in a playoff game but I still think it's the Patriots and then everyone else but then the NFC my biggest takeaway is I really don't know what to do. Who's the best team in the NFC? Because if I would have told you five weeks ago that the Saints were going to go five and zero without, without Brees, their yeah. Hall of Fame quarterback, yeah, and and some of those wins are at Seattle, Jacksonville, Chicago, at Chicago, home wins over the Cowboys when we were thinking when people were acting like the Cowboys were maybe the best team in the NFC, yeah, and then a, a win over division rival Bucks. I mean that those are some impressive wins, and then coming up they got Arizona at home, a bye week, then then Brees you think would be back. With the favorable schedule where they go two games against the Falcons, they're trash. Another game against the Bucks, a couple games against the Panthers, the Titans. Then their two tough games, the Colts and 49ers, they get in the Superdome. They might have home field advantage going through. Yeah. And then the the and the other thing, the Packers, that was a huge win they had. And then who's the other uh the 49ers? Yeah, that's the other big NFC yeah. team. I don't know who the best NFC team is. If I just throw that out to you, Dad, who do you have as the best team in the NFC? If you had to pick one now. If I had to pick one right now, I think I would probably go with New Orleans because I, I like the way they've won. That defense is tough. They got Drew Brees coming back. Kamara, you know, set out this week and should be getting healthy. Um, I think I would. Michael Thomas is an amazing receiver. I think as far as health, as far as health wise, they've been very conservative about not like not banging guys up early because I think they have a, a big picture in mind. And at the same time, they're not losing any games. They're keep like our biggest talk when Brees first went down. I remember we talked about this where. The big thing for the the Saints is can they get that home field advantage in the playoffs? Because playing right. the Superdome in the playoffs is going to be tough, and right. we thought that's probably what they're going to lose with this Breeze injury. Well, we were wrong because they they just keep winning. Yeah, LJ, what do you think? What's the best team? Do you think in the NFC? Well, I think I'd rather Besides play the Cowboys. I, <laughs> yeah, that was my answer. Um, I I would rather not play the 49ers. I think that's the scariest team to me. I think um, that that defensive line we've mentioned too many times now is horrifying. But I also really, I, I Kyle Shanahan they is just, the only They just traded for Emmanuel Sanders, too. Yeah, I know. They've got the most good-looking team in America right now. Um, <laughs> but I've uh, Kyle Shanahan, one of the things I really love about Kyle Shanahan is that he doesn't play for this week. He plays for the next three weeks. He, he really thinks about what he's putting on the tape for the next teams. And so he's really conservative against teams he can beat. And so, like, a lot of people, I think, have kind of trashed him for only making, uh, only getting nine points and... Um, whatever against the Redskins, but I really think yeah. that's because he wasn't trying to put anything on tape for anybody to look at, you know. So I, I think they're horrifying. I think you don't know what you're getting with them, but you know it's bad. You, you know, the one thing I worry a little about San Francisco, and I, you know, I look, you know, they were typically in the top five of offense and defense, but they fell out of offense because their passing offense is just not good. They're running the ball well, but other than Kittle, they really don't have a receiver. I was interested to see him pick up Sanders. I think that will help. Yeah. You know, you got Dante Pettis, who really hasn't lived up to his, uh, He's uh, his pretty much billing. number two right now. And then what's the other guy? Is it Marquise Goodwin? Good, Goodwin Goodwin got banged up. Got banged up, up yeah, a little Marquise bit. Goodwin I think he's maybe concussion up. or something. So they need to get their passing game figured out. I mean, I'm still on them, but they, they their passing game is, you know, you can't be one-dimensional. They, they need to get that passing game worked out, and I think they will. I do think they will because I believe in Jimmy G, and I believe in Shanahan. I really do. So I think they can turn it around, but they what better I, figure out some passing game. But I also think they're – 
they're showing what they need to show to win their games, though. I mean, like, I legitimately believe that. that, that um, when when you can win a game by just handing the ball to any of your three running backs, then that's what you're going to do, especially if you're trying to keep any of your trick plays off the books, any of your play actions off the books, whatever. And uh, so that's what they've been doing. They don't need a passing game to win games. They're undefeated. So Well, and I think LJ's got a good point. I, it will... I think a big player to come back for them. One, they're six and zero. I think it's is, are they six and zero at this point? Think five. Yeah, they had they're, one bye yeah, week, one under everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So six and zero, and right now they're they've the past few weeks they've been missing both tackles who are good tackles. Yep. Mike McGlinchey, who's a former first round pick not too long ago, and Joe Staley, who has been a, a staple in their offensive line for a while now. Yep. And they're six and zero with that. And I just think that when they get those two and Kyle Juszczyk, I don't know when he comes back, but he's – I know it's a fullback. You don't usually think fullbacks are that big. But in this but offense, they are I think in he's 49ers, yeah. And then LJ's got a good point. I think Shanahan is, is very cognizant of what he's putting on tape, and he knows he's going over to play the Deadskins in a monsoon hmm. in Washington. He just wants to get out of there with a win. Let's just get healthy and get yep. a win. And I think that's what he did. And now 6-0 is 6-0, and in a really good division. And I – they do scare me. I, I was reading something that they blitz the third least among teams in the NFL. Wow. Because like LJ said, they don't have to. They blitz four, and wow. they get there very often. They're third least blitzing, I think, top three in sacks. So wow. that's a good that's a good combination. <laughs> yeah. We talked last week. You uh, get pressure other, with four, it makes everything work better on defense. Everything. That is 100%. So the other big team in the, in the NFC, and I kind of mentioned them when we talked about the Saints and 49ers, and this is the team I think – this is who I'm going to go with for my favorite in the NFC right now, and that is the Green Bay Packers. I, yeah. I've been, we've been mentioning before that they were winning and Rodgers hadn't quite been doing much. Well, that all changed this past week. Aaron Rodgers' stat line in that 42-24 to win over the not really – not terrible Raiders was – who also had two weeks to prepare for the game. He went 25 for 31. That's 80% completion percentage, 429 yards, five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and a perfect – passer rating and I was looking at according to Peter Peter Bukowski on Twitter who follows the who covers the Packers he put out that Rodgers became the fifth quarterback in history to throw for 400 yards and post a perfect passer rating on 30 plus attempts the other four would be Ken O'Brien in 1986 Jared Goff last year Dak Prescott this year against the Giants Deshaun Watson this year against the Falcons and Nick Foles also did it under Chip Kelly but he did it with just 28 attempts but what I wanted to talk about Dad, do you know what a, per- a perfect passer rating is? I know it's 158.3. Why the hell it's that number? I could <laughs> not tell you. So I said that I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I think you asked me one time, why is it at 158.3? And I was like, I have no clue. So I sent the task over to one we like to call stats or LJ over here. Just like, can you please decipher this formula and explain it? So LJ, what the hell is the pass rating and why is it 158.3? Well, first off, I had four fun facts planned for this conversation and you basically took one of them. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Um, only six quarterbacks have ever scored a perfect game with 30 or more attempts. And so um, those players are Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott um, this year and uh, uh, Jared Goff, Kurt Warner and Ken O'Brien. So you've already kind of thrown out a very similar fact. So, uh, yeah, I just want to get that out there. Um, okay. So the question is, why is it 158.3? Right. Right. So, uh, to answer that, or I how the go, hell do they even get, get it? I want to go backwards a little bit from there. Okay. So okay. we're in the 1970s NFL, right? Let's just, we're here, right? We're here now. And we're trying to crown the best quarterback. And it's really easy to crown the best running back. You can either look at yards or touchdowns, but mostly yards. 
and that's the best running back. And it's pretty easy to crown the best wide receiver for by a similar uh, nature. But for a quarterback, there's so much that goes into what makes a quarterback a great quarterback, right? So it's they tried going off of passing yards, and they didn't really like how that worked. They tried going off of touchdowns, and then um, they didn't really love how that worked. They thought about efficiency, and then you could really just have somebody throwing short passes all year round, and then they get named the best quarterback of the year. So they weren't really happy about that. And then this is also just um, you know five years after or so, Will Chamberlain is breaking every record in the yeah. NBA just to show that he can. And so they're trying to avoid Will Chamberlain's in their quarterback position, right? So okay. what they decided to do was let's like put together what is like, what is a measurable, like what is a number we can give a good quarterback? And so they had to basically decide like, what are the important stats? And so I kind of want to ask you guys, what are the most important stats for a quarterback in your opinion? Um, touchdowns, interceptions. Touchdowns, interceptions. Okay. I think completion percentage would be, would be big. Okay. Um, and and this I don't know if this was back then, but I know one thing that I, I find interesting now is yards per attempt. Where like now we have like Chip Kelly's offense, where they, they might have a ton of yards, but are they all bubble screens or are they? Well, so what what we can so here's the deal is now we have hit all four of the metrics that the NFL wanted to look at. You guys just named them. Boom, 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 boom. They wanted to have. Um, and I'll put them in the order that they ranked them in importance because you can look at these formulas. You can pull up the formula on Wikipedia. We'll kind of talk about what the formula is, but you can look at the formulas. They each have a slope. If you draw that line on a graph, right? Every, mm-hmm. uh, every formula has a slope. And so based on that slope, you can okay. kind of decide how important they see each, uh, each of these four elements compared to each other. Right? So the most important thing they decided was an interception, which I think, I, what do you guys think? Does that, does that seem I think that's yeah. I like that because that gives the other team a short field. You throw yeah, interceptions, you're going to lose the game. So yeah, it probably is the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. So that's what they decided: is the interception is the most important metric for a quarterback. It's the most impactful stat you can have. Um, right. The second most important impactful is the touchdown. And so they had to decide how much do we value a touchdown compared to an interception. So um, I can let you guys take a guess at it, or I can just tell you what they ended up picking. Ah. What would you prefer? Tell us. Just tell us. All right. So they ended up saying that one and a quarter touchdown is worth one pick. Or, for example, six touchdowns is worth four interceptions. Does that make sense? Okay. okay. So the yeah. interception's more valuable. Yeah. The touchdown's still pretty damn valuable comparatively. I think that's interesting because, like, 1.25, it's almost like they're considering that uh, an interception takes away a touchdown, possibly, or a field goal, possibly, and possibly gives the opponent a chance. And, yeah, it gives so them a chance at a short mm-hmm. field. Yeah. I think that's an interesting value. So then the next thing they valued is completions and they valued completions at um, essentially five completions would make up for one interception. And uh, so the, I think I I wasn't in the room when they made this decision. So I'm totally speculating, but I did look up how long an average drive is in the NFL. And we didn't really keep up with this stat before about 1993, essentially, but the average drive in the NFL is about five and a half plays per drive. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think there's maybe something there. Maybe they looked at some of that information and found that. Um, and so then okay, the, so the average drive would include is yards. Punts. It would, the average drive, I guess, is every drive, right? So you're saying it could be yes. three and outs, count, touchdowns that are 12 plays, everything. You're, yeah. Okay. I was, so if you okay. consider now, you threw an interception, you're, you're giving up about five shots to move the ball. Essentially. And so I think that's okay. where that number probably okay. comes from. But I bet you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, the least valuable thing they had, and it makes sense to me that's the least valuable is yards, because what is one yard versus a touchdown or versus an interception? I mean, 
what that that's it's nothing, right? It's not even close. Yeah. But so they had to pick a number, and I think the number they picked is pretty extreme. Do you guys want to take a guess at how many uh, yards a touchdown is worth or an interception, whichever you prefer? Uh, 25. Uh, more. Okay. I would say more. Uh, 50. I'd say at least 50. So they decided that one touchdown is worth 80 yards, which okay, is huge Well, number. I guess – a, a lot of drives start at the 20, so that means 80 yards is to get a touchdown, maybe, well, I guess. And and I'll tell you that what it actually comes down to is one uh, interception is worth 100 yards. And so that seems a little bit extreme to me, except for if you look at the stats in 1973, when this measure was first officially put out there, um, one interception happened about every 100 yards thrown. So okay. in some sense... They do kind of cross over in that in that sort of way. Okay. So they had these values structured, right? They just had like, okay, so this is worth this, this is worth this, this is worth this. And so they need to put formulas in where if you get the average, you should get a a, a number for that. And they just decided one is that number, right? So if you get whatever what they whatever they consider the average number of touchdowns is, then you get one point for your touchdown metrics. And if you get the average number of interceptions, you get one point for your interception metric. Uh, Metric. Does that make sense? Okay. So they just kind of had to pick those averages and that's where um, a lot of this weird number stuff comes from. Right. So they decided they looked at 10 years of NFL stats. They looked at 1960 through 1970. And uh, so I could try to be as aware as they were so I could continue reconstructing what they did. I, uh, I looked at um, those same, those same years of stats. And what I found was, so they set the averages so for completion percentage, they set the average as 50% and the actual number was 51.6. So pretty okay. spot on. Okay. Um, yards per attempt, they set the the marker for average at seven yards per attempt. It was actually 7.2. So again, nailed it. Touchdowns per attempt, 5% of all your of your throws should be a touchdown for an average quarterback. The actual number is 4.7, so a little bit low. Maybe they were trying to get ahead of the passing league that they kind of saw coming. And then interceptions per attempt, they set the average marker at 5.5, and the actual number for that decade was 5. So, again, pretty close. So, right? so does that make this, sense how they hit those averages? This yeah. formula is it, – it's it's a way to judge quarterbacks against historical averages, basically. Well, against the averages <laughs> – that's okay, so that's where it's kind of interesting is it's a way to judge quarterbacks against the averages between the 60s and 70s, right? Yeah, it's, so – so today's game, well, we're still looking at Aaron Rodgers' passer rating. So it is very different, right? It's very right? different. Um, was a 158.3 the best score in 1980? Or has that moved up as passing has increased? Do you know? As, as you saw, so I'm saying, is the top score changing? No. Uh, so so the deal is, is they took these averages, right? Um, they took these numbers that uh, that they felt to be an average quarterback. And then they used those numbers and then they looked at it and said, okay, so you can't get less than zero interceptions, right? And you can't get less than zero touchdowns. So um, they found what is the lowest score for, again, this is speculation, but what is the lowest score um, that zero touchdowns will give you towards your passer rating? And based on uh, where they put, they decided to put that average at um, 66 and two thirds. So that number would end up being zero. So if you got zero touchdowns, then you got zero added to your passer rating score. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. And then yes. so they they decided with that they would cap every other stat at wherever that zero falls for them on that same scale. And then it goes the other way where zero interceptions is the least you can get. 
And so they didn't want the value system to change. It's, it's really complicated, but they didn't want the value system to change based on how many interceptions are worth how many yards. So once you have zero interceptions, they said that's where the stats cut off. And so whatever that equals for the requisite number of yards um, for your per attempt or whatever. Um, and so it just it kind of ended up with an arbitrary number so they could hit that zero. Um, and that arbitrary number ended up being 158.3. Does that make sense at all? Or is that way too A little bit. I think we're getting into the weeds, but it sounds like to me that it really doesn't make sense to judge quarterbacks of today on this same scale because it's going to be, and I think that's why we're seeing like when you read off those numbers of guys who have a perfect passer rating with yeah. 30 attempts, it seemed like besides uh, Ken O'Brien and Kurt Warner, everyone was like in the past yeah. three years. Yeah. Uh, I will say here's one. I think the averages are different now. Here's one quick defense of uh, passer rating as a general stat. And we'll get to, I'll definitely tell you guys about some of the weird things that like make the different years different. But uh, one thing worth mentioning about it to defend it is that every quarterback that has had um, what at what uh, 10 attempts per game over 10 years or whatever number that would be. So it could average to it. Um, So basically any career quarterback uh, has got a career passer rating of between 52.2 and 103.2, which is kind of a badass series of numbers to have landed every quarterback to have ever played in because you can really like the eye test works really quickly. It's almost like temperatures. You know, if somebody is 60 degrees, they're a little bit chilly. But if somebody is like 94 degrees, like that's a hot quarterback. You know what I mean? Like it's a really quick way to kind of determine somebody's value because those numbers hit such a beautiful place for human brains to kind of comprehend. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. It's just, um, I, I read, uh, in, uh, just the way of it being outdated, is I read the league average in 2009. Before you get there, I've actually got a really cool way to illustrate how the league has changed and how passer ratings are not totally uh, the same as they used to be. Okay, so we set, we set the passer rating as an average of, um, so if you had whatever they hit their averages at, um, if you hit all of those, you end up with a passer rating of 66.7. Okay. okay. And we went through the averages from 1973 and it was actually really close to being that. So the average quarterback was about a 66.7. All right. So last year's worst quarterback statistically by no surprise was Josh Rosen and his passer rating for the year was 66.74. So actually better than what they set the statistical average. So the worst quarterback as. last year was, yeah. was the average. Better than the average. Slightly. Right. And, and uh, in part, Part of the reason for yeah, it was just better than the average. And part of the reason for that is they actually have like overvalued interceptions, I think. And because we throw a lot less of them than we used to, we as if I'm an NFL quarterback, but we throw so many fewer uh, interceptions that, you know, it, it, it changes kind of that metric a lot because we've made them the most valuable stat that we have. So I had a few more things I wanted to share about the passer rating as I've done just hours of research. Um, do you guys want to know what the lowest possible stat line you can have for a perfect game is? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I did these numbers based off of 35 attempts, which is the uh, average for an NFL, uh, NFL quarterback in this year. And so the the worst you can do and still get a perfect score is 27 for 35, 438 yards, five touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's pretty stupid, right? That's, I mean, you've got to really do something to get a perfect score. Yeah, that's a hell of a game. Yeah. So as your attempts go down, those numbers all go down uh, linearly with it um, just because of the way the formula works. Um, so if you right. had half the attempts, you could have half the completions, half the yards, half the touchdowns and half the interceptions and still get the same score on it. But, but that's how you get a perfect score. And then do you guys want to know the best game you can have with a zero passer rating? 
the best game you can have with a zero, yeah, because we I think we know Nathan Peterman's trying to break the record for most zero passer rating games. So this right is the now. best he can do. And and because each of these metrics is judged individually, if you do better in any one of these metrics, then you're automatically going to have a positive passer rating just by the way it works. So he has to stay under all of these numbers. So he's got to go less than 10 for 35, less than 105 yards, less than zero, tu- well, zero touchdowns, and uh, more than <laughs> no negative four, touchdowns. four or more interceptions. That's how you get a zero with 35 attempts. Um, so the same way, the same way it's impressive to get a, a perfect pass ready. It's, it's impressively bad how you to get a zero to get yeah. a zero. Well, and the other thing about it is because each of these things is measured, measured individually. Sometimes you'll see that stat where it's like, uh, you know, this player X player would have had a better passer rating if they would have just thrown the ball at the, uh, at the crowd the whole time. And that's actually true because if you have zero interceptions, you automatically have a passer rating of 39 or greater. Zero interceptions will automatically so you get you that no matter case. what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, so we've got these uh, these uh, maximums and minimums, right? So right. do you guys want to hear about what happens if we eliminate the maximum and just let that number be as big as it can possibly be? It turns into like college, right? Have you ever seen a pass rating in, in incident? Oh, yeah. Those are stupid. And it's, it's similar to that, although it's – well – can I just share a, a story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let me paint a little picture. Okay, so it's late October 2005, right? So we're probably all in Texarkana. We might all be at Pops' house on Monroe, you know, and Hurricane Wilma is looking to hit landfall over the weekend. So on Thursday, the NFL called the Kansas City Chiefs and told them that their game against the Dolphins would have to be moved from Sunday to tomorrow night, okay? So they had to cancel practice and fly to Miami for a Friday night game. And uh, even with that disadvantage, they made Gus Farratt look like just an awful high school quarterback. So then the greatest college football coach ever, Nick Saban, says, Sage Rosenfels, you're going in. And uh, he was brought in with three minutes left. He threw one pass, one completion, 77 yards and a touchdown, which is good for a perfect rating. But it's if you like take the limit off, it's a 739.59 unmaxed passer rating. So <laughs> the, the moral of that story is a low sample size can just completely ruin this, right? Like that, that makes no sense. So, That's not even useful information. So like we started off the podcast about Muhammad Sanu's passer rating because right. it like every, he only throws one pass every now and then it goes for a touchdown. His yeah. rating would be at sitting at like a 600 right now. Yeah, it'd be pretty high. Sage Rosenfels is going to be the highest that'll ever have happened. Although the NFL only uh, allows 10 or more attempts to actually be entered in as official. So there have been 194 perfect passer ratings since 1950 if you ignore that minimum. But if we don't ignore that minimum, there's only been 66. Do you guys want to hear about the best of those 66? Uh, yes. I don't know. I okay. almost know more about this than I really thought I wanted to know. I <laughs> uh, know. Thank God our listeners are paying just so much attention. Um so I'd like you guys to meet Dr. Frank Ryan. Dad, have you ever heard of Dr. Frank Ryan? I don't. Can't say that I have. Okay. So he is currently uh, retired. He's microanalyzing the statistical behavior of the futures market and working on Opperman's conjecture regarding the distribution of prime numbers. So he's not just some like meathead football player. But in 1964, he was the Browns quarterback. And Dad, you may know that the 1964 Browns were pretty good. So they had Dr. Frank Ryan as a quarterback who was going to college at Rice at the time. So um, Rice, Cleveland, they're pretty far away from each other, but that's what he did. And uh, his yeah. running back was Jim okay. Brown. His wide receivers were Gary Collins and Paul Warfield. 
And his offensive line included Lou Groza and Gene Hickerson, which a lot of those names you might recognize as the person on a statue that you give to somebody really good at that job. Um, so they won the the championship that year with a 10-3-1 record, which was the last time that the Browns have ever won a championship, right? And in that game, he uh, threw five touchdowns going 12 for 13 for 202 yards, which is an unmaxed passer rating of 271.96. That's the highest anyone's ever gotten if you take those maximums off, and they have 10 or more attempts. Dr. Frank Ryan. Art Modell gave him a raise from $18,000 to $25,000, so he kept teaching at college while he played for the Browns. <laughs> wow. And wow, what Dr. a raise compared to, to, compared to today's game. That's what a, Jerry Goff just got a raise for making the Super Bowl, yeah. $36 million a year. So, mm. yeah. Shows you a little um, inflation. Wow. Okay. So... One of the things we're talking about is like, should we care about this? And I think one of the things we know is like sample size can make it garbage, right? The other thing is it's really more of an algorithm than a stat. So it really doesn't define anything in the real world. And it doesn't take into account things such as like rushing quarterbacks um, in any obvious useful way or whether or not your run game's any good. It doesn't care. Like it just keeps up with. So it's kind of an outdated number. sacks or fumbles either. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't care about that at all. It's kind of an outdated number that's based on stats from the mid 60s. Um, But the one thing that I will say that's totally positive about it is it's a pretty cool gut number. If you don't take it too seriously, a quarterback that has a career passer rating of 95 and a a quarterback that has a career passer rating of 105, you can kind of say, I think this one's better than that one. And, And it's generally going to follow what your gut tells you about that player. So I think it's kind of a cool stat for that. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys, I have one more fun fact, but I, I just want to ask if you guys have any like thoughts or questions or anything you want to throw. Into I, the- I think it's kind of, I just think it's kind of, a, it's an outdated formula probably. I, yeah. I think when you look at, you look at the guys with the top pass ratings for careers, you're going to see a ton of guys from the past five years. I think there was, I saw someone, I can't remember the name, but like Dan Marino on the list of just, career passer rating records. He's like way down there. Yeah. It's like, but Dan, that doesn't mean Dan Marino's not a good quarterback. So I just right. think it, it matters, but it's not like the end. It definitely shouldn't be what you look at to determine who's the best quarterback. It's not great at comparing like, yeah, an eighties quarterback to a nineties quarterback to a two thousands quarterback to Drew Brees. Like Aaron Rodgers is right. going to have the highest passer rating probably for the foreseeable future unless quarterbacking changes. But he damn sure is going to make John Elway look like a complete scrub, you know, just because right. of the way that the game's played now. So right, right, right. that's definitely true. Um, do you guys want to know who the first quarterback to ever get an official perfect passer rating was? Yes. So in 1973, they announced the metric. And in 1973, a man named Dick Shiner got a perfect passer rating. Now, he threw 13 for 15, 227 yards and three touchdowns. The first first perfect passer rating happened the year they unveiled the stat. And they're looking at this guy, Dick Shiner, <laughs> who ended up with a career. Dick Shiner. His name's Dick Shiner. I'm going to say it again. His name is Dick Shiner. And he ended up with a you career. You know what his name of, would be in the phone book? It would be Shiner, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Shiner Dick. <laughs> he ended up with a career record as a quarterback of 721 and 1. So it's not like he was like some world burner that deserved the first perfect pass rating, but yep. he damn sure got it. And so the NFL surely looking at this stat saying, is this a garbage stat? And as if Dick <laughs> Shiner is in up? that room with them the next week, he, it's unofficial because they only had nine attempts and he gets a perfect 0.0 the next week. <laughs> Dick like, Shiner. Okay, maybe this was an anomaly. <laughs> Dick was an anomaly. <laughs> what a hero getting the first perfect and the first zero ever. Well, 
That actually segues into an interesting, I, I, I don't want to completely use that segue, but it's funny you mentioned his name because I want to talk about our friends <laughs> over at Blue Shoe. Damn, we got to sign him to days. a new contract before he goes on to bigger and better because his segue skills are <laughs> Do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, if you want to increase your performance, you get a little extra when you get in the bed, then listen up because bluechew.com, yeah, that's blue like the color, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it's it's right up there with the big boys. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pills. So wow. really, they're better and they work. They're, they're, they're ready whenever the opportunity arises. So if you could benefit from a little extra function, more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is a fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew actually lets you help. It helps you follow through with it, like Dick Shiner in 1973 <laughs> when he got the perfect passer ready. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, you get rid of all that awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code armchair. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that is bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code armchair to try it free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So I wanted to throw out to you guys as we kind of start moving off from our NFL talk, I wanted to ask you about we we mentioned NFL, uh, running backs and and the dying breed maybe that is could any has any running back held up ever gone as bad as Melvin Gordon's is going at this point in the season? <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I think Zeke getting that big money was fool's gold for all running backs thinking they can leverage money. Zeke just knew he had Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones was going to pay that man. Yeah. He was going to write the check eventually. But I was looking back after Sunday's mess. If you watch the Chargers Titans game, the Chargers had two shots from the one where one touchdown got caught back after replay, showing Gordon didn't get in. And then on the final attempt, Gordon fumbled the ball, giving the Titans possession and a win 23 to 20. So I was looking at how bad has it seems like Gordon hasn't been good, that good since his return. And the and the Chargers themselves haven't been that good since his return. I looked at it since he came back. Gordon has 45 touches, that's catches and rushes for a total of 115 yards uh, and one touchdown. Yeah. So just over. Two and a half yards per touch. In fact, 27 of his 36 carries have gained three yards or fewer. So that's 75% of his carries wow. are going less than three yards with two fumbles. The Chargers, you want to see how their record's going? They're 0-3 since he's returned with losses to the Broncos, <laughs> who were 1-4 and four at the time. The Steelers, who were 2-4 and four at the time, playing with their third-string quarterback named Duck. <laughs> and the Titans, who were 3-3 three and three at the time. So then I compared, let's just look at running back rush attempts with and without. So they had 84 carries with before Melvin Gordon for 382 yards and four and a half yards per carry. Since Melvin Gordon returned, all this is all carries with Eckler and, and Justin Jackson combined. They've had 49 carries for 108 yards, two yards per carry. Melvin Gordon, the team has gotten worse. much worse since he's come back. And I think he would have been better just holding out the whole year. I don't know. He, Either that or coming in and playing and trying to sign a new contract next year. But like, what, no what way. He did by hold, what he did by holding out was showing that Eckler's really good. Maybe. I don't know if he's a better runner, but maybe a better player for the Chargers than Melvin Gordon was. Eckler was better and that offense was better when Melvin Gordon was sitting at home yeah. than they are now. I, it's a, a tough look for running backs out there Yeah, yeah. after That's seeing what happened with Melvin Gordon. So I think you better think twice before holding out. Uh, did y'all, have y'all noticed – the Monday night football versus Sunday night football schedule so far this year? No, I haven't paid attention. Why? Um, in what way? What do you mean? Just the 
ESPN, I don't know what they did to screw the NFL or or get the NFL to say screw you, but their schedule has been awful compared to Sunday Night Football. I kind of looked at some of the games. You look at the first week, you had the Packers, Bears, and Steelers and the Pats. That was before we knew the Steelers sucked. That was what NBC had for Sunday Night Football. And then the NFL or ESPN had Texans, Saints, and Broncos Raiders. So ESPN had a good that was that was a solid uh week. Then since then we've had Sunday Night Football had Falcons and Eagles. And then Monday Night Football had the Browns beating the Luke Falk-led Jets 23-3. to Yeah. Week three, we had the Rams-Browns on Sunday Night Football. And then on ESPN, for Monday Night Football, we had the Bears beating the Deadskins 31-15 to when the score really wasn't even that close. Mm, yeah. Week four, you had the Cowboys and Saints on Sunday Night Football. It was a clash of two undefeated teams in the NFC. And then for ESPN, they had the Big Ben-less Steelers <laughs> beating the Bengals 27-3. to Yeah. Week five, they had the 40, ESPN had the 49ers routing the Browns 31 to 3. Last week we had the Patriots beating the Jets 33 to 0. <laughs> and then this week we have the Dolphins playing against again the big Ben list Steelers. ESPN has gotten a shit schedule well, so far. For Monday Night let me ball. add that ESPN, the hits just keep coming because Saturday night I noticed they've got Alabama versus Arkansas at 7 oh, p.m. God. in prime time <laughs> on Saturday night. So oh, God. yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got a they shit just, schedule. All, I, and I've heard there's rumors supposedly that this was just interesting I, that the reason they get such a bad they're getting such a bad slate on Monday Night Football is this is Roger Goodell and the NFL sticking it to ESPN because they showed a bunch of if you remember when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, a bunch of shirts were going around by all the Patriots fans wearing a Roger Goodell face with a clown that, yeah. uh, nose on his on his nose right there, insinuating that he is a clown and it was all about the deflate gate and all this stuff. So supposedly this is Roger Goodell saying, F y'all for showing all that. You're going to get a shit schedule for Monday Night Football. And so far they have. Well, it's been pretty bad. You know, I honestly, mm. I think I actually know what the real answer is, though, by the way. Is that, all right. do you guys want to explore that? Okay, so um, the sure. uh, Monday Night Football usually gets picked like, you know, six months in advance. Like they, they pick their Monday Night Football schedule almost as soon as the schedule comes out because they get first dibs on every single game. And so... What happens a lot then is you're going off of preseason hype. You're going off of post last season hype. You're going off of like, you know, what did this fantasy player look like? Were they on the upper trend, the downward trend and stuff like that? Where a Sunday night football usually gets to pick their games from the entire pool of games, like just a couple weeks before the season start. And then they also have the ability to flex in whichever game is the best. Not yet, though. They haven't had the chance to flex yet. I mean, just looking at the schedule, we rattled off. Yeah, but they're, they're going to, but they also got to pick later. So they also got to... Um, you know, kind of see what like um, the the Deadskins looked like in training camp instead of being able to instead of having to pick based off of, you know, what they were looking like they were going to trend to do in the next year. So I'm pretty sure that's the answer. I'll have to confirm in the show notes or something like that. But I'm pretty sure that's why that actually happens is Monday Night Football gets first dibs and it kind of bites them. I just thought about when I was seeing that 33 to 3, 33 to 0 game uh, with the Patriots and Jets. It's like, man, it seems like every Monday night's just been a shit show and Sunday yeah. night football has been kind of mm-hmm. decent. So I went back and looked. And moving off from, did y'all have any other football notes y'all well, wanted to mention? Dad, did you have a field goal thing? I'm curious. Well, this is weird, but I've just noticed with the length of the extra points now that you, you notice the football bending like a soccer ball does so much more is am i the only one that notices the football knuckling around and curving and going outside the upright and coming back in and i've just never noticed that before it's something you see in soccer all the time but yeah i guess where they put the extra points it just it's just long enough i just see that ball 
moving so much off their foot and it's blowing my mind. I've never noticed that that much before. Am I the only one? No, I have not noticed it. I've noticed it. I've totally noticed that. I haven't thought about it really as much, but like I've, yeah, I totally see that. Absolutely. Well, and well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was nothing. Well, that just uh, reminds me. uh, I, I think it was the Broncos game this week, the Thursday game that nobody wanted to watch, but did you guys notice I didn't know this was a rule that apparently like I was only half watching because it was awful, but apparently if you commit a penalty on an extra point, then they have the ability to move it up to the one yard line or something like that. Did you see that? Uh, yeah. They, the, well, if you're doing, if you're going to do the extra, if you're going to do the two point conversion, yeah, if you're going to go for two, they the give penalty you, gets assessed from that two yard line where two point conversion is from. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a rule. I mean, has that been the rule since they moved it back? Because I think that's, Kind of a neat yeah. rule. I hate that the Broncos well, if, lost out on if, it, but well, if you're gonna, because I mean, it makes sense. If you're gonna go for two, you get at the two. So if you want to, if you accept a penalty and you're still kicking the extra point, I think you'll get it from that spot where an extra points. I guess so. Yeah, but that if you does make go sense. For two, it gets assessed okay. where that ball would be. I see that. I just huh. that, that totally makes sense. But it was totally weird to me too that they like essentially moved the ball up 13 yards because of an offsides or whatever. It was like it was pretty cool. Speaking of rules, can we maybe change, or we can't change it, but can we petition to change the worst rule in all of NFL? What's that? Do you know what rule I'm and talking about? And that would about? be? The, the rule where if a guy fumbles, as Derek Carr did, out of the back of the end zone, that it's a touchback for the other team. What would you rather it be? Perfect. I have a perfect answer for you. Okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so instead of, I, I just think it's silly that if he, so that play, he fumbles right there. He Because he, he lost the ball just inches before going in. Yeah. It would have been six points, but instead of six points, not only is it not six points, but it's the other team gets the ball going the other way, and they get 20 extra yards on it, not yeah. even at the one. They get the 20 extra yards. So what you do, I think it should still be the offense's ball after that fumble, but you move it back to the 20 like that touchback, and it's a loss of down, similar to intentional grounding. I just think it's silly that we're going, this could be a touchdown or change of possession, and that defense gets 20 yards because you missed it by an inch. That's an interesting thought, but- that's that interesting is interesting. Thought. I can see that. So, yeah. so if he does it on third down, he reaches out and he doesn't get it, and the ball goes out of the back of the end zone. We don't need to award the defense with possession, but yes, they do get a loss of down because they stopped them on that down, and you back them up the twenty yards. So you, at least and you now do, it's fourth and you twenty. Penalize them the twenty, the 20. yards. Yeah, interesting. That's. I think that's a better rule. I think it's silly that we give them possession and twenty yards because well, because of an inch. The other thing is, yeah, you still have that shot at that field goal. That's interesting. I kind of like it. I do too. I, like I think it. that's. That's the better alternative. And also, while we're changing rules, when we mentioned this before, onside kick is ridiculous, and we need to change that to like the the Broncos petition for that fourth and <laughs> thirty five yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like the AAF was doing. Uh, can but, I can I throw out another petition for rule changes? Um, I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to get rid of. I I think part of the reason that all these bad calls are such a big deal is because everything is uh, every defensive penalty is either a first down or damn near a first down. Whereas every mm-hmm. offensive penalty is just replay the down. Like the the penalties for being wrong on defenses seems a lot higher stakes than being wrong on offense to me. Like that five yard defensive holding turns into automatic, automatic first, first down, down, even if it was third mm-hmm. and twenty five. Exactly. I hate that rule so much. And there's nothing on the end of, or in in the offense comparable except for maybe intentional grounding where you lose a down or like um something like that. I don't know. I just I, really I feel like just that. Maybe lose a down more often on the offense for penalties would maybe – well, I think maybe the better rule is because the refs keep getting these calls wrong is to make less automatic first downs. Um, you know, maybe you move the first down markers with the penalty. Like you march five yards down the field, but it's still second and five or whatever it was. I don't know. I just hate that everything's a first seem, down. I've, 
Everything, that automatic first down is irritating. If five yards get you a first down on defensive holding, okay, but it shouldn't be an automatic first down to me. You you never notice it more when you're t- when you're watching your team and they're on defense. And like we said, it's third and nineteen, and they get like a small penalty where they did hold. And you're like, okay, that should be a flag. I get it, but it's only a five yard penalty. But instead of it being third and fourteen, it's first and ten. Yeah, it's like ah, well, and that's you know, and I'm actually even on the other side of it watching that Broncos game. That's the only reason the Broncos have points is because the Chargers had two of those stupid first uh, automatic first down calls in the first drive, and the Broncos marched (laughs) down there and scored off of them. and and it still felt like bad football. It still felt like that's not deserved. Like that doesn't that's not how football works because the defense gets screwed. The offense gets to keep trying over and over again. If they commit a penalty, you get false start. You back up five yards. Well, I guess that makes sense because play didn't start. But like um, offensive holding, you replay the down. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, speaking of rules, it looks like there may need to be or at least some people are worried about a rule that needs to be implemented when it comes to running. I don't know if you guys, I think you, we, we talked about it a little bit before we got on the recording, but now there's a big debate going on amongst runners whether this new Nike shoe has created an unfair advantage. So to set the table for you, last week we actually saw two feats in a marathon running that has that many that has many questioning the ethics in the sport. Elude Kipchoge became the only person in history, he's a Kenyan guy, became the only person in history to run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, in under two hours. Kipchoge posted a time of 159.40 in Vienna, which, by the way, is a pace just over six mile, six minutes a mile. Yeah. No, no, no. no the yeah. I think the pace is four minutes and 34 seconds is what I... Is yeah. that right? My math, my yeah. math may have been wrong. Yeah. That's even You're more running incredible. a mile you know, four you minutes know, and 34 seconds. That's incredible. You know... If the anyone pace wants to learn how at, incredible that is. The pace he was running at, if you're playing Pokemon Go as you're running that marathon, it's going to tell you that your steps don't count towards hatching an egg because you're moving too fast because it thinks you're on a bicycle. There's like, <laughs> it's it's illegal to play Pokemon Go and run that fast. <laughs> well, I, I want someone, so if it's, if that's four minutes a mile, so I want someone to go on the treadmill and put it up into where that pace says four minutes per mile and look how fast that sucker's going. Yeah. And then Full sprint. that guy didn't do it for a mile. He did it for 26 miles. That just blew Crazy. my mind. I couldn't, I can't even fathom running yeah. that fast and yeah. running that fast for that long. And then, so interestingly, the next day, a fellow Kenyan, Bridget Koske, shattered Paula Radcliffe's 16 year old marathon record for the women running a marathon for two hours and 14 minutes in Chicago. The interesting part, the common denominator between the two, the both of them were wearing Nike's new Vaporfly shoe. And that is now raising questions among many runners where they say the shoe puts multiple carbon plates with the cushion between the plates, making the shoe almost work as a spring. Many runners say it gives an unfair advantage to others using the shoe. And the shoes, uh, Nike actually calls them the Vaporfly 4% which that four is named after its lab tested 4% boost that the shoe gives in running economy compared to the fast racing shoes provided by also Nike and Adidas shoes. Kipchoge actually had an even better shoe in unreleased Nike next percentage, which supposedly offers a 5% increase. So my question to you guys, is it unfair that these, that these runners have those shoes or is this just part of the game? We've been evolution, evolutionized shoes ever since running started, right? Yeah. What do you think, L? Uh, well, I think, First off, I mean, if you're going to try just, to draw what's a line, your thoughts on all that? Just if you're going to draw yeah. a line on like carbon in your shoe or something like that, like, are you going to draw a line on like if we discover a bouncier rubber, like um, where is this line supposed to be? And so I feel like you're kind of barking up a, a weird heel, heel, heel uh, hill on this one. But the other thing is that at least the guy who ran it in under two hours, um, Kip what, 
Yeah, Kipchoge. Um, he none of that was official. He ran like everything he did was performance enhancing. It was all like just to prove the feat of a human can can do it. And so you know he yeah had, like, like, he had pacers. It wasn't like a, a a competition race. He had pacers with it. He he was going well, for this race. And even more so, he had a pace car that had a laser pointer that showed him what pace was that he followed. And then behind the car, he had runners running in a V in front of him that were professional pace setters to block the wind. So there was nothing natural about his under two hours. It's why he was able to shave off like three minutes or something crazy like that. Right. So what he was doing was saying, this is a step in me knowing that it's possible to do. And uh, and so then he's in theory going to try peeling about away these things and see if he can still do it um, with with more effort. And so, you know, whatever. Yeah, call it a PED. But like that was the whole point of his run was a little bit of PED will get him there. Um, so whatever. Stop whining. I, it, it was unofficial. The one in Chicago, I guess I don't know. But then the other thing is like, you know, if I had better glasses because I, you know, had a, a genius doctor, does that mean my batting average is performance enhanced? Like the equipment you use is the equipment you use. And I don't understand why that. Well, makes I mean, to your to that point, yeah. I mean, like once we learned about context, now all these batters were using context. They were able to see better. Should yeah. we put an asterisk by every single baseball player that was wearing context compared to the guys? It's crazy. From, compared to my guy, uh, home run Baker back in 1910. <laughs> I mean, Mordecai Brown needed. Uh, Pop, Pop, what do you think? <laughs> well, about I, I think thoughts? that there were a couple interesting points. One, one for sure, LJ covered. I, I think it was very interesting that he had, I, by the way, he had 41 pace, pace setters during this run. And the fact that they ran in a kind of a backwards V to reduce drag on him, that I have a little problem uh, with that. Now, if the equipment is good and everybody can use the same equipment, I tend to be okay with that, with the exception that if you recall in swimming, they made them quit wearing those those polyurethane suits or whatever they were, those swimsuits that reduced drag while they were swimming because, and one of the reasons it made all the old records it just blew them out of the water. So I think technology should be able to cl- continue to evolve and help people run, but uh, they're the running in a V formation. Now, while I'm saying that, and, and even this, uh, say the night guy's name, Eluid Kipchange. Eluid Kip- Kipcho- Kipchoge. Kipchoge. You know, he referenced Roger Bannister. And if you remember, Roger Bannister was the first one to run a sub four minute mile. And he did it with pace setters. I don't think he had anything to reduce drag, but it was just to see if a human could do it. And he did. And now you see a sub four minute mile yeah. all the time. Um, and, and then the last thing that I thought was very interesting, it was 1960. And this is a name I certainly remember. I don't know if you will. Abib Bakila was an Ethiopian runner who won the Olympic marathon running barefoot, running barefoot. Now, the theory at the time wow. was, you know, less weight. You wanted less weight on your body. To, to run, but can you imagine? God. I can't imagine walking to the mailbox barefooted, for God's sake, much less running 26.2 miles on a road. Um, by and large, I guess, bottom line, I'm not against uh, uh, technology evolving as long as everybody has access to the same technology. Well, so that's probably where so I'll respond down to that, this. if I can, real quick. That uh, I think in regards to the like the swimmers changing to where you can't wear the suits because all the old records are shattering. I think that's absolutely stupid because that's the same thing as saying that NFL wide receivers shouldn't be wearing gloves because passer ratings are going up. Like um, the gear gets better, the players get better and the records get broken. And that's the way that time works. So um, I, I really have no issue. Well, with re- the recall the outlawed stick them. Remember? Well, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Good point. 
I, I have no no response. That's a good point. Now, now, I think part of that was part of that was is that I mean the the centers and the quarterbacks, the ball was sticking to their hands, <laughs> sure. you know, on the next play because. Sure. I mean, there was a guy for the Raiders. Y'all heard this name, Fred Bolitnikoff, mm-hmm. who, I mean, he had it just all over him. But it, So, I mean, I don't know. There should be something that can change, but I'm a little torn on this one. So, back to your point. I'm so, sorry, Yo. I will say, to, as far as what you were saying, Dad, is if everyone if technology can advance as long as everyone – or one of y'all were saying, if, if as long as everyone has the ability to use it, then I understand. And that's kind of where the IIF they're, – they're the ones that would rule on this. And because the shoe's available to everyone, like a lot, because I was looking at an article from the Independent, a lot of runners are now using the shoes, although some cannot for sponsorship reasons. It was actually funny. They mentioned that one runner who is an Adidas uh, runner actually wore the new Nike shoes <laughs> and covered up the Nike logo, yeah. so he could still wear the shoes. And uh, they're 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 still a little elusive for some people because they're really expensive. They're hard to get. They're they're just a nice shoe, but. I mean, the IIF, it was from the way the, the Independence article was written, the IIF's not going to roll the shoes, intervene in any way, unless someone literally puts like a jetpack or a wheel on the shoe. I mean, as yeah. long as it's still a shoe, I mean, they're, they're all, I think innovation's part of it. And I think, like, I think y'all's ex- example of the gloves is kind of a perfect example to me. I think if we have something that makes them better, why not use it? I, I just don't understand why not. And now, now, him getting breaking that two hour record, I think I'm a little more on L- dad's side than yours, LJ. That seems a little cheap. Yeah, but the, he's got but the point is that it's not official. It's not a record. Him. He doesn't have. I mean, he has the record for marathons, but it's like two two hours and fourteen minutes or something like that. Like that sub two hours doesn't count right, for anything yeah. already. So there's no like before he started it. It was just the fact. So yeah, the, it was before just he the started it, the plan was not it. for it to be a world record. Like nobody thought it was going to be a world record, even if he nailed it. It just happens to be the first time someone's done twenty three point or twenty six point two miles in that amount of time, but it's not the fastest marathon ever run. Like that's the way that it goes down in the books, and I think that's a totally acceptable viewpoint if you're walking in that way. Well, I, I do want to add. By the way, he does hold the current mm-hmm. record for fastest marathon, and it's two hours one minute thirty nine seconds. Yeah. So I mean, he's a badass. No, yes. Every uh, every article I read about him is the fact that like people who really like running. They get up at any time of the day, whatever time's on your end. If it's at two a.m., he's worth watching because he literally has a chance of breaking a record every time he steps on the track. So he is amazing. So this, sure. whether he used enhancers or not for that one to get under two hours, the dude's a beast when it comes to running. So okay, now, I just thought it was interesting that that it's becoming such a a, a debate amongst runners of whether this is fair or yeah. not. So I thought I'd bring it up and see what you guys thought. Um, I, it's I don't think anyone's coming to us for the final uh, decision on whether things are in running. If you've looked at us, you probably know <laughs> we're not huge runners. So I want to go to something that we're probably better at, and that is I went and watched the movies the other day. I went to The Joker and watched it. I don't think you guys have seen it, so we won't get into the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, and we won't talk about it, obviously, if you haven't seen it. But I do want to ask you guys, have you ever went to the movie theaters where they have yes. these like, recliners oh, instead of just the normal movie about seats? It. I have. It's yeah. A, it's a game changer. I mean, <laughs> it is a game that changer. That sucker, as soon as I said, there's like a button and the foot thing came up and I leaned back. I mean, it, it was nice. I'm telling you, I'm all about it. Yeah. I don't want to go to the And you got those ones that have those plus a, a drink order. Well, hell, they oh. should do that. If you, I mean, but I mean, the price of a movie today, jeez. Yeah. And then, to get us, if you want to get people to go to, I guess that's what they have to do. The only thing was you have to like get reserve seats and you never know what you're like. I don't know if I'm going to be yeah. sandwiched in between people or not, but it was worth it because there was plenty of room in my seat. There's plenty of room in the arms. Like both me and the two people beside me had rooms to sit. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And then I want to ask you guys, and we may have touched this before, 
just like ethically, and and maybe this is a, a little bit of an etiquette. We can we haven't done this in a while, but is it fine? Like, what what do y'all feel about bringing things to the movies as far as snacks and drinks? Do it, do it all day. Yeah, do? like why not? Like. <laughs> <laughs> what like the movie theater like is i like yeah i don't care yeah they're trying to kill netflix so like whatever screw them they don't under like they play by their own rules so i'll play by my own rules i'll bring my whoppers in i don't care whatever screw you guys <laughs> pop sir you was, do you agree with lj or okay little, like- i have i have two comments to this one i've literally done this and it was bad i brought i brought cold beers into a movie <laughs> and, and so i'm sitting there watching the movie and i'm I mean, I've got them in my jacket. You know, it's it's winter. Well, you wait, you wait till a loud part of the movie, right, before you crack that top. I hope so, yeah. But I dropped a beer. Uh, I dropped a beer during the movie, and you know they're all angled on a concrete floor, so it's like roll, 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 roll. <laughs> so, so okay. I mean, I got to fess up. I've literally done it. Now, you know. So Tammy likes to go to the movies from time to time. Sure. And so a ticket costs you, I mean, eight or nine dollars. So you're right Barbara at about almost cost twenty eleven dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're like at twenty plus dollars for two to go into the movie. Then she likes the popcorn and a coke. You get popcorn and a coke, and if you get them all together, you get like a deal for you get a buck off, and it costs you only twenty four dollars for two cokes and a popcorn. I mean, yeah. that's almost like Jerry's world drinks. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. So I'm not totally against putting some whoppers in your pocket and carrying them in because it's ridiculous, the price. I mean, my favorite snack is popcorn, and I can't put enough popcorn in my coat pocket to, to get me through a movie. That's like Napoleon, like, uh, like uh, what is it on on Napoleon? What Napoleon Dynamite? Where he puts, yeah, Napoleon, yeah Dynamite? Napoleon Dynamite, where he puts tater tots in his pocket, and the guy crushes them. That's Pops with his popcorn. Um, <laughs> I did, so this past movie I did, I, I – uh, um, I won't say whether this was me or not, but someone went to the movies and they made they made popcorn before they went, and they put it into a zip they put it into a big ziploc bag that would like, like zip shut, and they were able to confiscate it underneath their hoodie. That's amazing, huh? Uh, I will say the option worked. I did have popcorn there. I mean, that someone person had didn't popcorn. have popcorn there, <laughs> but but I will say they missed out on. It, there is something different. I know they do charge you like six or seven dollars for that tub of popcorn, but when you get the movie popcorn and then you can put your own butter it's on good. it, it's oh, it is so it's, good. It's better popcorn. It is better popcorn. I will give them that. So yeah, it is the best popcorn. Part two, but I think it's fair game. I, yeah, go I've ahead. never gotten enough popcorn to make it through the previews. Just by the way, I always eat either popcorn. It's either empty by the end of previews or I'm done with it by the end of previews. And there's never an well, and so they. If you get the large one, you get free refills. But yeah. that also you means, get a free you, refill. means you have to leave yeah. during the yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't want to leave. During no, 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 no. But you do what LJ said. You eat it. You eat it quick, 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 quick during the previews, <laughs> and you run and fill it up before the movie starts. That's how you do it. This is the age of yeah. experience. This I'm trying to give y'all before. pass on some gotcha. wisdom, boys. This, so, so the, the age of experience is willing to go into Jerry World and drop thirty dollars on drinks. Yeah, but he's also bringing dollars on his coke and popcorn. Bring your own beer to the movie theaters is all I one heard. Time. So I've great idea. Thanks. <laughs> Well, and then, but but to speak to your problem, so you get that big giant Coke, of course, right? And then yeah. about 40 minutes into the movie, you got to go, you know, <laughs> let a little Coke go. And so now you're missing the movie. They don't enter, they need to put an intermission. I think we talked about We're, this. I mean, those long, long three hour movies. In. Yeah, an intermission so in. about an hour and a half in. I'm in. They need a quick intermission. Um, 
I, I, I want to say that that person that brought the popcorn in the Ziploc bag was just thinking, what if I just open this bad boy up and just put some of their butter on it? <laughs> but they, they decided not to. I would love to they see that. They decided not to. That's such a the oh. dude move. That's such a big Lebowski move right there. <laughs> hey, don't do that on a date. Let me. I don't know who did that, Kevin, but tell them not to do that on a date. That well, probably that, wouldn't go that over might well. Be, that might be the reason they weren't on a date for this movie theater. <laughs> that <laughs> could be a reason. <laughs> I wish LJ. I wish I could have seen Dad's face when that beer can drops. Going, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> well, roll, 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 roll. Bam! Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've come to the consensus. Uh, if you if you got baggy enough sweatpants or hoodie or what or big pockets in your jacket, whatever it is, if you want to sneak a bag of Skittles in there. Go for it. Do it. No, I don't, Please. It, also, it doesn't seem like they try that hard to stop you. No. I'm just going to throw that out there. I've, I have uh, had a, a Coke can in both pockets of the sweatpants, and it was, if you looked, you could tell it was there. Are you talking it about you or that person that brought the popcorn in? No, I don't know who brought the popcorn in. That was just a person. <laughs> right, but the uh, Coke can was bring, you. I have brought Coke okay. in before. Okay. Yeah, I've done that before. I didn't drop them, let them roll, 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 roll. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean to let it drop. I mean, damn. Oh, man. Um, uh, I did see also, as we're we're speaking of movies, Netflix says that their chief operating officer or chief director, one of them said that they are going to start cracking down on password sharing. I hope not. Not for any personal That's going to hurt some of us on this podcast. (laughs) I don't know who. I don't know who you're referring to, but that is what they're, they're saying. The only way, I don't know how they would do it other than, just cracking down on IP addresses, which would screw people with family accounts that live in different areas. I don't, I, I think it's a, a losing battle, but I, I guarantee you there's someone working on it right now. We've mentioned it before and they just confirmed what we already know. They're trying to figure this stuff out. So yeah, but we'll I, do think, I think, you know, the conclusion I landed on when we talked about that is still true that I think it's not going to be necessarily all that helpful for them to crack down too hard on it either. Like, I think you really want to only crack down on extreme situations because you know, it's it's not worth dad uh, metaphorically dad metaphoric dad buying the four screen uh, Netflix account <laughs> if uh, if you know only one person's going to be using it at a time. So you know, yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we start wrapping this sucker up? What we're listening to, I'm going to say this: y'all can do it or not. But I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but our uncle Tony mentioned the Black Pumas, and I've been listening to him a little more. I'm just going to say. If Uncle Tony tells you to listen to some music, you ought to yeah, give it a wrong. listen. He's not I'm just, wrong at all. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. So that's all I had to say about the there. Black Pumas. I, I, I think we I, either either we've mentioned on the pod or I, it was just in that group message where Uncle Tony Tony, Tony did a group message to us and he said, "Hey, you ought to listen to the back Black yeah, Pumas." That's right. Black Pumas. Yeah, the, and you uh, said that funny liquid. You well, I did, but, but I'm just. You already you already listened to him. Pretty good stuff. All right, Black Pumas. And by the way, Dad, did you listen to any uh, Sturgill? Yes, I mean not <laughs> at all, at all, at all. What I expected, <laughs> not at all. I mean, what is it? Sound of Fury. I mean, it's like Sound of Fury. It's a good album. Hmm. It's just wild too. It'll 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 kind of blow. Well, your mind. some of it almost got into to me electronica a little bitty bit. But now there were about three songs that were rocking out that I really really liked. Yeah, I was I I've never listened to any Sergio Simpson before, and that album I was like all in. It was pretty yep. good. So good stuff. It it was, if you will, it's in my wheelhouse. Now my <laughs> yes. question. What does that mean? What the hell does that mean? What what did I just say? How did I come up with that? (laughs) Well, okay. So that phrase is pretty cool because like it comes from, first off, it comes from baseball. 
Like that's that's the most recent place that we've like as normal people have taken it from in my wheelhouse. Um, what it means in baseball is it's like in your strike zone. It's in your like knock it out of the park zone. And it's like this area where you can you can hit the ball at will, essentially. And so that's what it means to like a modern American who's using that phrase. So is it in my wheelhouse or wheel? Where they stole it from in baseball comes from boating where where you steer the ship from is called the wheelhouse. Like wheel is in like a wheel on a car or the wheel you steer the boat with. And right. so in your wheelhouse, everything is made to be close enough for you to reach without letting go of the wheel. So everything in your wheelhouse is in your domain for you to handle at any given moment. And so that's where in your wheelhouse comes from. Huh? That's pretty dope, right? Would you, would you look at that? You learn <laughs> something new every day. I'm telling you, at least day. once a week, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> at least yeah. when you fire up the JPP five, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, I think that'll wrap up another episode of the JPP Pod. By the way, don't forget, if you want to get in on some some gambling, get a, get off silence, get into action, you can head over to mybookie.com, put the promo code CHAIR in there. And what, what will they do with your deposit, Pops, if you put that promo code CHAIR in there? They will double it. <laughs> double. <laughs> and then, if you are so inclined, go visit our friends over at bluetooth.com, put the code ARMCHAIR in, and they will give you your first Offer of Bluetooth for free. All you got to do is pay the $5 shipping. Get you that little bit of extra oomph. Two times as fast. We're the two times podcast with the two times sponsors. Two times. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for this week's JPB Pod. As always, you can check out our show notes over on the website at jpbpod.com. Go find us over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure... When you're when you're going over there to subscribe, go ahead and hit the review. Just let us know what you think. Maybe yeah. maybe you think we're idiots. Yeah, maybe you think I want to know. Yeah, I mean, we just want to know what you think. So go ahead and drop a review, rate, review, subscribe on there. And if you haven't, go check out the last podcast. At least the part where at least a few of the parts. It's worth it's worth checking out. So yeah. uh, listen to it on two times. That, speed, you know. There you go. Two times. That's just a, that's, <laughs> Double. Just, that's just what this pod is. All right, <laughs> that'll do it for another week. We will see you again next week here on the Jester's Play for Pops for L. Guys, peace. peace out. Peace.